0: Hello, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to the Disorder Podcast, where we talk about all things related to eating disorder recovery and body image. If you're new here, my name is Jamie, and today I'm so excited because we are continuing the body image series. And the next episode in this series, we are talking to Susie Garcia. Susie is one of my friends here in Austin. Susie and I met in a very um, interesting way. I DMed her on Facebook unknowingly that she had already lived here for well over a year. Um, but here we are. We're friends and it's almost been a year of our friendship. But Susie is a former college athlete. She competed in bodybuilding competitions and is currently a personal trainer among many under other things. Susie wears many hats, and I'm so excited to have her on this podcast. So without further ado, I will let Susie introduce herself. Wow. What an intro. Thanks. <laughs> Man, it's almost been a year of
1: our friendship. Wow. Yeah. We're both Kansas girlies. So yes, as Jamie said, I'm Susie. I am a Kansas girly. Um, <laughs> now Texas. Yeehaw. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I ran cross country and track in college. And then I went into bodybuilding shortly after that. And that has led me to being a personal trainer, um, also known as like a health and wellness coach. So yeah, I'm excited to be here and be on your podcast.
0: Yeah. And I'm so excited to have you. I feel like, yeah, like you said, I can't believe it's already been almost a year of us knowing each other. It feels like I moved here yesterday, and I'm, I'm sure you feel the same way, but with this heat, it feels like it's never-ending, to be honest. No. <laughs> For real. Okay. Well, so just diving into your history as an athlete, I know that you started running really early on in middle school. Yeah. So when you were in middle school and throughout high school, do you think that there was just a point where you kind of became aware of how your body looked, especially in comparison to other athletes?
1: Yeah, I would say I never really compared myself until that college experience, but definitely like in high school, you know, when your body's going through that transition from middle school, like for me, puberty came late. So like sophomore, junior year, um, I could tell Like I was starting to develop in areas that were not. And I'm like, whoa, this is not the runner body that I need to be successful in my sport.
0: Start realizing and recognizing that you had a different body type kind of than what you were seeing. Did you feel like that started impacting the way you saw yourself in general? Or was it really just towards your sport where you were like, Okay, within running, I feel like I don't fit maybe the mold that I want, but in real life, I feel like I'm fine, I'm confident, I'm happy. Or do you feel like it started bleeding into just your everyday life?
1: This is really funny um, that you ask this because I've been questioning a lot about identity, but we don't have to get into that. But I found identity in running back then. And so it did bleed into like my everyday life because if someone asked like, oh, what what sport are you in? And you would say you're a runner and they'd look at you like, you're a runner? Are you like, are you sure? Are you fast? You know, like you, you feel instant judgment based on how you look.
0: Yes. Yeah, I feel like I can definitely relate to that. I did gymnastics for a hot minute when I was in middle school and I definitely did not have a gymnast body. And exactly. I thought that my identity was from gymnastics. And then as soon as I would tell people I was a gymnast, they'd be like, oh, well, you don't really look like a gymnast. (laughs) And automatically I was like, that (laughs) triggers me. Like, how am I, what am I supposed to do to look like a gymnast?
1: Yeah. That's out of your control almost.
0: Yes. So (laughs) I, I definitely know what you mean by that. So going into your running years in college, do you feel like you had a steady relationship with food? Or do you feel like because maybe you didn't think you fit the perfect runner mold, that it was affecting your relationship with food?
1: Mm. I think I was in a very unhealthy cycle with food. Um, in college, one, you know, you move into the dorms, you get not like you're homemade food that you're used to from maybe your parents, um, where you were living in high school, but you get, you know, the buffet style. So I was like, Ooh, like pizza every day, yogurt with grapes, like every day I would just overindulge. And I had no control over that, which would lead into, Oh, like I'll just run it off. Like it'll be fine. And it just got into that unhealthy cycle of, oh, it's okay if I have this much food because I'll just run it off later, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I definitely think that a lot of people can relate to that, just kind of overcompensating exercise Mm -hmm. with food. Mm -hmm. So do you think that there became a certain point where you became aware that you were doing that and and overcompensating your food for exercise? I would say people like, pointed
1: it out, like close friends, like, are you sure you really burn it off? But I guess I would never really restrict myself, though. I just stayed in that cycle. I mean, not until I became until I entered the bodybuilding world. Honestly, I truly understood how to, quote unquote, control my food or have a healthier relationship with food. Um, It took a while, honestly, It, it was a process.
0: Yeah, so kind of moving into your bodybuilding journey, what made you want to get into that world? <laughs> I would say
1: um, a, a bad place. Like, it came from a bad place because when I was in college, like like I told you, I was in that cycle of I'd eat too much. I'd just run it off. Really, I wasn't. I was just maintaining at that point as far as my physique Um, like I wanted to be skinnier as everyone says. Um, but yeah, so I was in English class one day and I saw this girl carrying this big water jug. And so I was like, Hey, like, why do you have this huge water jug? And she said, Oh, I'm, I'm preparing for a bodybuilding show. And so she's like, let me show you my stage photos. And she showed me her stage photos. And I just saw like the beautiful swimsuit, you know, the hair, the makeup, Like she looked gorgeous. And I'm like, wow. And she was skinny, right? Which I thought was gorgeous. And I was like, I want to look like that. And I'm like, how do I look like that without spending money on this, you know, and trying to be a college athlete? And I'm like, it's impossible. Like I can't do it. So I think I just like filed that away, like back in the brain, you know? And then I remembered fast forward. So that was like in 2016, fast forward to 2020, Right before the pandemic, my husband convinced me to go to the gym with him, and I started enjoying it and lifting weights, strength training. And I was like, wow, how can... This is fun, but kind of boring, so how can I make it like a game, like competitive, like a race, you know? So that's when I was like, I'm going to research bodybuilding. I remembered how that girl looked. I don't think I joined it to look like that. I joined it for the competition. And then from there, once I started contacting coaches, they were like laying down the foundation like, this is not sustainable look. You would not look like this all the time. This is what we have to do in the off season. And they just explained all the ins and outs of bodybuilding like, even the risky side of it, and then the healthy side of it, the positive side of it, everything.
0: Yeah. So when you did first compete your first bodybuilding competition, Mm -hmm. do you feel like you went into that, went onto that stage with a positive mindset of how you looked? Or do you think that you were still kind of getting in your head, just really wanting it, to be skinny and to look a certain way? Or like when did that kind of switch where you started yeah. seeing it in a, in a healthy way versus just wanting to look a certain way? So before I
1: began the bodybuilding show,
0: I found a coach that I really trusted and I put all
1: my faith in her. And I think she really taught me what my body needs. She helped me get my metabolism in a right spot. Um, so I think... It was a very seamless process for me because I started, they call it bulking. I started bulking before I even started prepping or cutting my calories for a show. So I think she got me into that healthy mindset. And so when I started cutting, yeah, it's fun to like see the shreds as they say or like um, become skinny, I guess you would say. But it's. I knew it wasn't long-term. She kept on telling me this is not long-term. It's not sustainable. And then I also felt that in my body. Like, I felt tired. I felt exhausted. I had a hard time, you know, making it through the whole day with a lot of energy. So I definitely think once I got to the stage, I knew I couldn't stay there, like, at the stage lean.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good thing to go through and and know that even when you got to that point of kind of being that picturesque body type, knowing that it's not sustainable and you can't keep it like that Mm -hmm. and, and kind of touching on the bulking aspect. I know a lot of people that deal with eating disorders or just like negative food thoughts have a really hard time eating a surplus of calories. Did you find that you struggled in any way with bulking or was it just kind of flowed easier for you or what was your experience with that?
1: Yeah. When I was at the peak of my bulk, I probably had some pretty unhealthy um, things in place as far as reaching my calories because I just saw that number. I had to reach that number. And if I didn't reach that number, I felt like I was failing to be that first place on the stage you know so I definitely think it is a struggle raising your calories but it's safe with someone guiding you and leading you through that process because you have to have that open line of communication like hey I'm struggling to hit this number your coach will adjust it they're not going to make you stay at that number if it's hurting you mentally and physically
0: Yeah. Yeah. And with the bulk, obviously, the point of it is to gain weight so that you can lose it and gain muscle. Uh Did you feel that when you were gaining that weight while bulking that you were having negative self-image or did you kind of know that it was just temporary?
1: I think you do know it's temporary, but it definitely messes with you. I mean, I think everyone even when you're stage lean versus in your on your highest weight for bulking, you have bad body image days. And I think that's okay as long as you recognize, "Hey, I don't feel good today. What can I do to make myself feel good? Maybe that's wear a specific outfit or just like embracing that you don't feel okay." But maybe the next day, it's going to be different. You're going to wake up and you're going to be like, wow, I appreciate what my body can do, who I am. I'm so much more than a number on the scale or what I look like in the mirror. Like I'm worth so much more.
0: Yeah, I love that. I feel like that's a really good mindset to have, especially going into something like that. And when you were kind of in that environment of bodybuilding, did you feel like the community itself was very like warm and inviting or did you feel like there was a lot of people that was maybe struggling with their body image? I would say everyone's very
1: uh, welcoming and inviting in the community. Um, Very uplifting, which kind of was surprising because I was like, Oh, these catty girls, you know, backstage, but no, I mean, I was like cheering for people like jumping up and down. I mean, The vibes were immaculate, as you would say. (laughs) Um, The community is awesome in the bodybuilding world. But as for um, others struggling with their body image, is that what you asked on the second part of the question? I definitely think there's a big mix in the bodybuilding world of people either struggling with how they look, um, struggling with eating disorders, a big mix. It's hard to put a number on it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and kind of going back to what you said about your motives going into it and just seeing that girl's picture and wanting to look like that. Obviously, going into that that's what you thought, but kind of when you went out of it, what do you think like was your biggest takeaway from the whole experience?
1: I would say the biggest takeaway for me from what I struggled with in college was always the nutrition. Fitness I can, I can figure that out. Nutrition had no idea what I was doing. So to have a coach that was able to answer my questions and walk me through what my body truly needs as far as protein, carbs, fats, fiber, sodium, everything, I am able to control my nutrition in a healthy way versus than I did when I was a college athlete.
0: Yeah. I love that. I feel like that's a big part of just the journey of life is I feel like growing up, it becomes so hard to know what your body actually needs versus what it wants and finding that balance where you're not restricting foods, but you're also nourishing yourself to where Mm -hmm. you have energy and everything like that. So I, I love that you were able to learn that through bodybuilding and the whole environment. So kind of transitioning into now, currently being a personal trainer, what made you want to make that initial jump where you're kind of taking a step down from the bodybuilding world, at least competing, and going into that personal trainer role?
1: Hmm. I've just enjoyed, you know, something... Once you love something so much, you just can't stop talking about it. <laughs> That's how I feel. Like, people would ask me... Because, you know, they see the photos and they're like, how'd you get so cut? Like, how'd you get so lean? I'd have people message me that. And I'm like, this isn't what you want to do, but this is what you can do to help help yourself become a healthier version of you. And I've just loved enjoy I mean, I've enjoyed sharing my passion to others and seeing other people win for themselves and feel accomplished. Um, so that's really what has led me. Uh, to become a coach.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I yeah, I'm sure you got so many questions once you were posting all of the <laughs> pictures and everything. So now that you are a personal trainer, and you kind of have that role, where do you see it taking you? Do you see yourself being in person with people at the gym? Or are you wanting to focus more on a virtual side where you're sending people workouts? Or just what's the future with you in personal training?
1: Yeah, for me, I would say um, virtual. I think you can get more accomplished with the client virtual as far as providing everything they need and sending it off, but still holding them accountable through like weekly check-ins and stuff, um, depending what kind of plan they want. Um, I don't see myself doing it in person. Really, it's just something I love doing, a a little side thing that I enjoy, not my full-time job. Um, so any, anytime I can help someone learn how to become a healthier version of themselves, like sign me up, like I'm ready for it.
0: Yes. And yeah, I feel like I follow Susie on Instagram, obviously. Oh. And I feel like, and you're always in the, the Yes, I'm section. always in the comment section, all of her stuff. She posts really good recipes, really good tips and everything. And of course I'll have all of her socials linked in the description of this episode, but closing it out, the last question that I am asking everyone on this series mm-hmm. is if you could give your younger self advice kind of when you were at the peak of maybe your worst relationship with exercise or food, what advice would you give your younger self now?
1: I would tell myself it's okay to seek advice um whether that's from a coach or if your coach can't give you that advice to ask him if he knows someone to help you because you can't help your like if you're in the hole you know that that metaphor if you're in the hole so deep like you can't help yourself like you need someone to like come down and you know take you out yeah yeah I don't know if that's the exact quote but something like that Something like that. Um, so I would have told myself to ask for help and maybe my trajectory would have been a little bit different or I would have been, you know, successful in running and nutrition earlier than I was or whatever it may have been. But yeah, just don't be scared to ask and seek for help and advice.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that's such a golden piece of advice that I'm sure all of us wish that our younger self would have helped, especially us who are a little strong-headed and uh, yes. don't like to, to ask people for help. We well, need some humility. Yes, yes. I, yeah, my younger self definitely needed to be a little bit humbled, but <laughs> besides the point. Well, Susie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast Like I said, I will have all of Susie's Instagram and everything like that linked in the description of the episode, but make sure to follow this podcast episode on Instagram at disorderedpodcast with two Ts, and I will also have her social media linked there. So that is it for today. I will talk to you guys in the next episode, and thanks again, Susie. Thanks, Jamie. You rock. (laughs) You (laughs) do.